Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Power in the name of Jesus. Boy, isn't it there. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Glad to see y'all. It's going to be a good day. Been looking forward to it all week. Praise the Lord. Well, let me remind you of the fall festival tonight, 5 o'clock. Bring some food, and we'll eat it. (laughs) It's time of fellowship. We haven't had fellowship outside of service in quite a while. So it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. Amen. Amen. Let me touch on a couple of things real quickly before we move on. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and past several weeks and on Wednesday night as well. And one thing we got into was, uh, you know, a prayer language, a pure, a pure prayer language, and uh, a prayer language, praying in tongues and tongues and interpretations and things of that nature. We got into that and taught on that. And like I said, some on Wednesday, if you miss Wednesday, you can go look it up and get called up. But before I uh, um, move off of that, we're still talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, but I just want to address one thing, make one thing uh, uh, clear. Um, The Word of God tells us not to forbid uh, praying in in the Spirit, to pray in tongues, not to forbid it, but it also says to keep it in order. And if you all know me, I put a lot of scripture on the screen for you to see it with your own eyes. That's because I want you to see what the Word of God says. And obviously sometimes I quote scriptures that we can't put every single thing on there. Maybe you'll have to go and do a little looking for yourself to make sure it's in there. But uh, I do like things to be scriptural. I want to be scriptural. I want everything we do to be scriptural. I want it to be biblical. I do want it to be in order. We would never uh, forbid that. Of course not. We've... If you were here last week, you know that. But it does need to be in order. And it will be in order. And um, for example, if Mark, who just opened us up, his name's Mark Tant, thank the Lord for him. I mean, (laughs) I'm very thankful. When he's up here doing an opening prayer and he is speaking to you and I, we need to be listening to what he's saying. I want to hear what he's got to say. Because the Lord's speaking through him. He's talking to us. I trust that. I believe that 100%. And I want to hear what he's got to say. But if I'm sitting here beside Scott, and Scott is humma chumma 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 right in my ear, and I can't hear Mark now. Now it's confusing. And actually, it's a little disrupting, and I'm wishing you'd shut up so I could hear him. Scott didn't do that. He didn't do that. <laughs> but I, I want to hear what he's got to say. No different than if I'm up here preaching to you right now, and Hunter back there decides to bust out and talking about the ball game. That'd be a little disruptive. In other words, it's a, just a, you can apply a little common sense, really. And you have to understand, if we were at a meeting where everybody came in the meeting that was spirit-filled, you could be in the bathroom praying in tongues. Nobody's going to think a thing in the world about it. But there's people coming here that don't know Genesis from Revelations. They come from all different backgrounds, and they're out there getting them a cup of coffee. And they go, hey, good morning, how you doing? And you're getting your coffee, and you're, you, re, you return conversation with Hama Chama Chama. They might leave and never come back. <laughs> Seriously. They, I want them to stay long enough to see that it's in the Word and, and see the Scriptures on the screen so then they'll know that it's okay. 
But if we run them off before they even find out. So in other words, a uh, little common sense there. Just apply the word to it. Just compare everything to the word. Is, is it from God? Just, just compare it to the word. Compare it to the word. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. All right, let's get moving. So the Holy Spirit. We're going to be in John the 14th chapter. And I couldn't, I read this chapter many times this week. I was going to pick a few scriptures out, but I've about got the whole chapter in there. Now, Jesus has talked to his disciples, and he's told them he's going away. The Last Supper, they said, who's going to betray you? He said, it's the one I dipped the, the bread and I give it to him. That's the one that's going to betray me. And then Judas goes away to betray him. That's in the 13th chapter. And then right here in the 14th chapter, after he's told them he's going away, and he, he, you know, he's explained it all to them. He says, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have not told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Now, if he's going to prepare a place for you, he says he's going to prepare a place for you. Now, if he's going to go prepare a place for you, well, sure, he's going to come back and get you, or it'll all be him preparing for you would be a waste of time. He doesn't waste time. He's preparing a place for us. That's good news. He says, where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas spoke up and said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me tell you, he is the way. When you don't know the way, he is the way. There is no other way. If there is another way that's opposite of, the, of him, then it's not the way. He is the truth. Anything contradictory to the word of God, which is Jesus, it's not the truth. It's a lie. Compare everything to the word. And he is life, and the world promises you life, but let me tell you, all it does is lead to death. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, yet you've not known me? Philip? Who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? That would be no different than your closest friend, somebody you've been with, spent a lot of time with, and they know you well, and then it's all of a sudden like they don't know you. In other words, he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've been with me these years. You should know the Father because you should know me. Amen. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Now get a hold of that. I don't speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now we're fixing to get into this, but he's saying, you're going to do what I did and even greater because I'm going to my Father. What does that mean? When he goes to the Father, he's going to send you something. It's called the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate to come and live on the inside of you. Because at this point, it's not living on the inside of the disciples. 
The Spirit did show up on people, but then it departed. In other words, power came upon people and they would do something temporary, but then it would live. But he's saying he's coming to reside in your house, this house, this body. That's good news. And whenever you ask in my name that I will do the Father, uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Once again, is that anything? As in, I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, I'm going to go rob this bank, I'm just going to pray I don't get caught today. <laughs> anything that lines up with this word. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. What's that helper? What's that other? That's the Holy Spirit. Notice there, the helper is capitalized. And we're, we're moving into that. We're going to make a little more sense of it. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he'll be in you. And I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, he didn't come to earth, hang out with him for a few years, go to heaven and just leave him and say, good luck, fellas. He didn't leave them as orphans. He sent somebody to be with them. The helper, the Holy Spirit. He says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you'll see me because I live. You'll live also. You know, we should see Christ in each other. The world doesn't see it. That's what the scripture's telling us. Why? Why doesn't, why doesn't the world see it in, in one another? Well, because it's not in there. <laughs> the the we should see Christ in each other. There should be some fruits there in your speech and in your actions. Amen. He said, because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And let's read that one again. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Who has my, he who has my commandments... And keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, and this is not a scary because Judas that had betrayed him, he's gone off to betray him right here. He says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Now get that. We will come to him and make our, once again capitalize, our home with him. We will come to him and make our home with him. And I'm almost finished reading. I know y'all are like, dear Lord, how much more are we going to read? It's important. We're going to come and make our home with him. Who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while uh, being present with you. Here we go. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now it says, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name. Now, I want to talk to you about who the Holy Spirit is today. Who the Holy Spirit is. 
Because I think a lot of people may not know exactly who the Holy Spirit is. What is the Holy Spirit? Some people think it's a force. Some people think it's a power. Now there is power associated with the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you that because when you receive the Holy Spirit, power comes along with it. Amen. We need the power just to make it through this life. But who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Um, I want you to know what the Holy Spirit is and who the Holy Spirit is when you leave here today. Some people say that that died off and went away. If that's the case, it'd be the Father and the Son. Or the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. But it's still the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, um... We went, um, me and Jesse, we went riding out in the woods. And there's a, I was thinking about this as we were coming in last night, but there's a path down there that's been taken since probably I was in high school. It is beat down. It's been used for years and years and years. A lot of people have been down that path. I mean a whole bunch. They still go down the path all the time. It's out in the woods. It's just a trail that leads from one end of Gardendale all the way up to Morris, and it, it's, it's got traffic on it. People go out there and just play and have a good time. And it's a path. It's beat down, worn down. 20, 30, 40 years of traffic on it. But then there's some new paths that myself and some of my friends have created. They're not beat down. Not many people take them at all. In fact, Jesse said yesterday, he said, I would have never looked at that and thought that was any type of a trail. But it was. And that trail led to a lot of good times and a lot of fun and a lot of excitement that everybody on this beat down path, they're not, they're not experiencing. Y'all with me? I mean, he, those are exact words. He said, I would have never looked at that and even thought, considered that to be any type of a path. But it was. And I thought about that, and when he said it, was we do the same thing in life. We're going down this path, and it's the same path you've been on for 10, 20, 30 years. Everybody else is using the same path. It's, it's a crowded highway. But there are some other paths that the Holy Spirit's wanting to lead us on and to guide us on. And no different than yesterday, those paths led to an epic adventure. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to an epic adventure. A different path, not the same way that everybody else is going. And he, most people here have been in a rut before, stuck in a rut. And it's hard to get out of the rut because your tires just want to follow the rut. And finally, you're just like, what the heck, I'll just stay in the rut. And you just give it the gas and go back and forth. Well, sometimes you need to get out of the rut, take a new path. Amen? And I want to tell you, God sent the Holy Spirit to lead us onto a new path. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a force or a power. I hope y'all see that. Acts, the first chapter, the first verse. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus begun both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also pre, uh, presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs. Remember, he was there for 40 days. And speaking to them pertaining the things of the kingdom of God. 
And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Yeah, he promised it. We just read it. In the 14th chapter of John, he says, it's coming. If Jesus gives you a word, that's a promise. He says, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you somebody. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. That's a promise. Praise the Lord. And you remember when he was baptized? For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's what he's talking about. When the Holy Spirit come upon them. Now, um, you remember, and I, I quoted it uh, last week, and maybe or we read it, Acts, the second chapter, I think around 38, 39th verse, said this promise is for you and for your family and for all those who are far off. It's a promise that's for you. And it's for me and it's for all of us. And just like uh, Wednesday night, Daryl was teaching, he said it's a promise and it's a gift. Now you don't have to take the gift. You can leave the gift. You can say, I don't want the gift. I don't believe in the gift or whatever you choose, ever how you choose to do it. You don't have to take it. But how silly it would be not to. It's a gift from God. I want everything that He's provided to me. I want it all. If my father leaves me whatever type of inheritance to his son, I want it. I'm not going to say, nah, you know, just let the bank keep that. I'll be all right. I, my daddy left it to me. Well, that's how you should look at this. That's my heavenly father. He's given us something. I want it. In fact, Jesus died so that you and I can have it. Praise the Lord. So to wait for the promise. So this is the promise that we're talking about. So I want you to see him as a person. Like I said, God, the function of God is the Father. God the Son is God, is His name, but the function is the Son. God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God is His name. His function is the Holy Spirit. But it's God. So the Holy Spirit is a person. His name is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You, you can't, unless you see Him as a person, you're not going to have a relationship with Him because you can't have a relationship with a wall or a force or a power. You can have a relationship with the person. Like I said, it's His function, not His name. His name is God. And what distinguishes a, a person? Well, you say, well, are they alive? Well, no, because trees are alive. Trees are alive. Tomatoes are alive. Your garden is out there growing and it's alive. Um, a soul. A tree doesn't have a soul. Right? A soul does. And um, a, soul, a soul has, I mean a human being does, a person does. A soul has a mind, a will, and emotions. A soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. We, we talk about the, the, uh, your flesh, your, uh, your spirit, we, we talked about those things in the past. But the soul part of it is your mind, your will, and your emotions. In your mind, that's what you think with. You think. The will is your desire. And then the emotions is what you feel. So mind, will, and emotions, you can say think, desire, and feel. So the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you. God sent His Holy Spirit, the Helper, to help us to think, to desire, and to feel like God. It's mighty quiet. I hope you are just taking it all in. That's what the Holy Spirit, that's the function. 
It's to teach us, to train us. In other words, God's in you. You've got to look at it like that. God is in you. It's not some mystical power out there. This ain't Harry Potter we're talking about. This is God Almighty. The Spirit of God that's dwelling on the inside of each and every one of you that's born again, baptized in the Spirit, He's on the inside of you. The power resides in there. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit, point one here, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Has a mind. In John the 16th chapter, the 13th verse, however, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. Do you see that there? He will guide you. He will not speak on his own, his own. But he hears, he will speak, he will tell you. That's because it's a person. It's a person. He. God the Spirit. He will glorify me, for he will take out uh, take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, He will take of mine and declare it to you. Well, praise the Lord. Now, He's going to take these things that are His and declare them to us. Now, we, we hear that God is omniscient. Omniscient. And He is omniscient. And that's two words, omni and science. Omni means all and science means knowledge. He has all knowledge. He knows everything about everything. In fact, God, who knows everything about everything, is on the inside of you. That's how you need to look at it, because that's the way it is. Praise the Lord. And if you have the one who knows everything about everything on the inside of you, then why wouldn't we go to him to ask questions? I mean, he is... Uh, committed himself to be his teacher. That's why he lives on the inside of you. That's why he was sent to be your helper, to lead you and to guide you and to teach you the way, the truth, the life, into all truth. The spirit of truth is on the inside of you. And he knows everything about everything, all knowledge. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we try to figure things out on our own. You ever try to figure things out on your own? Lose something, try to find it, try to find your way. I hear people getting a divorce because they got to go out and find who they are. Boy, that's, that's incorrect. You'll find who you are in the Word of God, not going out anywhere. Getting a divorce ain't going to help you find out who you are. Getting into the Word and getting married to Christ, that'll help you find out who you are. Find out who you are, but I think about, I've thought about all the things, you know, times in my life, and I still do it sometimes, and I'll be like, what in the world am I doing trying to figure this out on my own? If I was so smart, I wouldn't have got myself in this predicament to begin with. So why don't I ask the one who knows all things, everything about everything, I don't have to go far to ask him because he's just right in here. You can lose something and not find it and be tearing the place apart and then stop and go, Lord, show me where those car keys are. Where, where are those things at? I've done that many times. Where's my wallet? Find it and go, thank you, Jesus. He led me to it. And I can remember one time we had this stopped up commode because the kids, boys are little. They like to flush their toys down the commode. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I couldn't get them out. I took the commode outside. And me and that thing had a wrestling match and it wouldn't come out. I done got mad and I done picked this commode up and I body slammed it in the yard. And uh, 
Jackie came out and she said, did you get it? And I said, no, no, I didn't get it. It's still in there. She goes, well, I said, I've tried this and I've tried that. I even body slammed it. She goes, well, did you try praying? And I'm like, I'm that stupid. I'm going to pray that the Lord's going to help me get a toy out of the commode. So she prayed. I picked that commode up off the ground. That toy fell out on the ground. That's, that's the Lord's on it. That's the truth. The Holy Spirit can help you get a toy out of the commode. He knows all things about all things, even plumbing. You go to bid a job, should I even bid this job? He knows. He, he, he knows if that person's even going to pay you or if they're going to be some kind of nut. But sometimes we want to do what we want to do. And we don't even ask him until we get ourselves in a pickle. Then we're going to ask him to bail us out. So what we need to do is get on the front end of this thing. That's right. Get some help before we get in the pickle. But we have the mind of Christ. That's what Philippians tells us. Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. What is that talking about? That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Let this be in you. This omniscience, this all-knowledge, this all-knowing, this knowing everything about everything, let this be in you. That was what was in Christ Jesus. How is it going to be in you? The Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Um, another one right here in, in 1 Corinthians. And I put, a, I put a few extra there. I want you to see this. But as it is written, he's quoting uh, Isaiah, I has not seen, ears not heard, nor I have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. All these things that nobody's ever seen, ever heard, entered into, knows nothing about, guess what? They've been revealed to us through what? His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. It says, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. It's like Darrell was talking about on Wednesday. It's a free gift. Take it. These things we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm, stop right there for a moment. So many times in my life I've met people that think that it is absolutely just crazy. That you have faith, that you believe in the Word, that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's just crazy. Or that you believe that God still heals today. Crazy. Do you believe God can speak to you? You think you hear Him? Oh yeah, you're definitely off the reservation now. God does speak to you today. Amen. You've come along too late to tell me He doesn't because I've heard Him. How? For the speakers, is it audible as it's out here? If He chooses to, but He speaks to you primarily through the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, I've heard him so loud and clear before that I literally looked because it, it seemed like he was right there in the room with me. Um, but it was a sound that wasn't 
coming from here to here. It was coming from here. It was coming from the inside of me. It's a different kind of sound. It's a voice you'll begin to recognize in time. Praise the Lord. The who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Once again, but we have the mind of Christ. You and I, we have the mind of Christ. It's dwelling on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. That's good news. And you need to tap into it. So the Holy Spirit has a mind. Like I said, a soul has a mind, a will, and emotions. The Holy Spirit has a mind. And we see there the Holy Spirit has a mind. Um, he's omniscient. He knows everything about everything. The Holy Spirit has a will. Has a will. In Acts, the 16th chapter, in the 6th verse, Now when they had gone uh, through Phoenicia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in uh, Asia. After they had come to Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Now I want you to see both places right there. Let me back up. It says the Holy Spirit, it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. They were forbidden. Holy Spirit forbid them. And then right here it says that the Spirit did not permit them. They were forbidden, and He didn't permit them. Well, as parents, we've all forbidden our kids from doing things or didn't permit them to do things. And when you forbade somebody, that's exercising your will. Exercising my will over their will. This is my will. I'm for, you are forbade to do that. That's what that would mean. If I forbade, I'm exercising my will. So the Holy Spirit... He has a will, and the Holy Spirit's will is God's will, and the Holy Spirit wants to exercise His will in your life. Sometimes He does forbade you to do things, forbid you to do things, not permit you to do things. Now, you can stiff arm Him like a running back running down the field and keep on going the way you want to go. You can stay on that same path that everybody else has been on, the same one you've been on the last 20 years if you want to. But he'll try to stop you. He'll try to turn you on to a new path. He'll try to turn around, which means repent. Now I'm going the other way to get you off that path onto the path that he's got for you. Because he knows what God's will is for your life. Are y'all following me? Praise the Lord. Sometimes you have to forbid your kids from doing things. Sometimes you have to take them in the other room and give them a little extra forbidden. No kidding. Parents, listen up. Beat them kids. I'm serious. Proverbs 23rd chapter says beat them. It says take a rod and beat them to save their soul from the pits of hell. Well, I read that self-help book and it said not to because it, you know. See how it works out. <clears throat> Light them up. <clears throat> I need a whole sermon on that. It's worked well for us. I even kind of enjoyed it. I come home from work and I'll be like, I hope y'all getting a whooping today. Beat y'all. No, I'm kidding. I never enjoyed it, but it just has to be done. <clears throat> has to be done. I don't think God enjoys it. Hmm. The Holy Spirit has a will. Let me say that again. He has a will, and his will is God's will. And he knows what God's will is for your life. 
So you could say general and specific. Let's do it that way. There's a general will and there's a specific will. You can go in the Word of God and find the general will of God. But it takes the, it will take the Holy Spirit to show you the specific will of God. In other words, God puts a man and woman together. He wants you to be married, a man and a woman, not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, or not, not anything else, but a man and a woman to go be fruit, fruitful to multiply. And that's the only way you'd ever multiply. And not condemning anybody like that at all. Love everybody. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. So he says, be married. Get married. Find you a woman. Find you a good man. Get married. Have some children. But you know what? It doesn't tell you who to marry. I didn't read in the Bible where it told me who to marry. And you haven't either. He wants you to have a house. But it doesn't tell you in the Bible where to buy the house. When to buy a house. How much to spend on the house. He wants you to have transportation. And be able to go up and down the road. But it doesn't tell you where to buy the car. How much to spend on the car. Or specific things about the car. He tells you not spare the rod. Spoil the child. He says to use a rod. Save their soul from hell. But he doesn't tell you when and how much. Holy Spirit will. Specific things. But the general will of God is definitely in the Word of God. He tells you to pray. What to pray. I need to know what to pray. I don't know what to pray in this area concerning this or concerning that. Or maybe it's concerning discipline your child. Or maybe it's concerning uh, something to do with work. All kind of things we could list. I don't know what to pray. You say, well, I always know what to pray. No, you don't. I'll prove it to you here in just a moment. I'm going to show you right here in Romans. This is a scripture that we use. All kind of people use it. And we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are being called according to His purpose. I believe that. I agree with that. He can definitely take a bad thing and turn it into a good thing. Sometimes you don't really understand what's going on. Don't make any sense. Hold on. Hold tight. It will. He can take things and make good things out of them. Look at you. Look at me. We weren't good things. But he's made us new, just like the song we sang about the leper spots. Mm, all things are new. Amen. But let's back up to the 26th. That's the 28th verse. Let's back up to the 26th verse. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. You don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. That's why the Holy Spirit's given to you so you'll know specifically what to pray, when to pray, who to pray for. My grandmother would be praying for people that she never even met. You know why? She'd be walking around her whole life and she didn't go up in, in public places and just make a public spectacle of herself and try to show out. But that woman prayed in the Spirit. And you might just barely, her lips barely be, I do it all the time. You don't even know that I'm doing it. You can pray in English and nobody even knows you're doing it. But her, she'd just barely be a little sound coming out. And I'd hear sometimes louder than others. But just all the time, just praying in the Spirit. And the Lord would show her these people and give her a name. And she'd write them on a notebook pad, on a piece of paper. Be praying for them. Specifics about the person. Next thing you know, she meets the person. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. And she'll say, find out their name. And she'll go, well, little honey... And she'd get her notebook out and be flipping through because it had a bunch of pages. She'd go, oh, right here on October the 
17th. I was praying at 2 o'clock in the morning for you. And the person at 2 o'clock in the morning almost died from a tragic car wreck or something crazy like that. And they'll fall on the ground and bawl and cry. I would too. <laughs> Specifics. But he can specifically tell what you to pray in your situation. Specifically what to do, what job to take. So you got to know, I, I want to know on the inside which way to go. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Say, here, here's one thing we do as Christians. We make this mistake. Now you better grab a hold of this. We pray, Lord, if you want me to do it, show. I need an outer sign out here. If you want me to take that job, make a red car drive by and a guy thump a cigarette out when he goes by. <laughs> Whatever. Making something up. Lord, make the, make, the, make the phone ring three times. If that's what I'm, if I'm supposed to marry her, make it snow. <laughs> Y'all laugh. I know somebody prayed that prayer. I remember where I was at when I did it. <laughs> True story. True story. But he does have mercy. And I'll tell you why I know. Because it snowed for about 10 seconds and it quit. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> Make it snow once more. <laughs> but an outer sign. Let me tell you something. Satan can show you something in the outer. He can make a red car drive by. He can make the phone ring three times. I want to know in here that it's right. There's a peace. There's a leading. There's an inner. It's the Holy Spirit. I want to hear his voice. He says, my sheep will know my voice. If we got every man in here and put us all behind a curtain and put my wife on the other side of the curtain and everybody said, uh, you know, hey, sugar babe, a little, you know, I got a lot of stuff I say. <laughs> She's going to know the difference between my voice and Scott's or Mason's or Luke. She's gonna, you know why? She's been hearing it for 27 years every day. Every day. She knows my voice. The same thing applies to you and I with the Holy Spirit. You're going to know His voice. But there's going to have to be an intimate relationship. And you can't have a relationship with a tree, but you can't have a relationship with a person, which is why I'm trying to explain it to you the best I can, that the Holy Spirit is a person that you can have a relationship with. And you can know Him. And you can know His voice. And He'll say, walk that away or go that away. Hope, don't go that way. Stop. Back up. Go the other way. And it doesn't make any sense. But everybody else seems to be doing it. But on this business plan, it looks like you couldn't lose. The Holy Spirit knows that business plan is fixing to be worth the paper that's written on. He can see. I've ignored it. Man, have I ignored it. I could give you a list of my own. I've ignored it so many times I forgot how many times I've ignored it. I mean, I try not to now, ever, whatsoever at all. No matter what, I do things all the time. I don't even know why. I don't do it. I just have a, a, a feeling on the inside, don't do that. I don't want to question it. I just go the other way. I just walk off and leave it. It looked good, but I'll never know. I don't even want to know. I just trust the Lord. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've gone that way and I've paid the price for it. Boy, have I ever. Financially, physically, Moat every way. 
If you listen to the Holy Spirit and the leading of the guiding of the Holy Spirit, you won't make a mistake. I mean, people say, you preached good tonight, and the preacher may go, it was all the Lord. No, it wasn't, or it would have been a lot better. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. If it's all him, it would be a whole lot better. See, there's a, there's a certain part of me that's added to this equation. That's the bad part. So we need to be learn to be led by the Spirit and leave ourselves out of it is what I'm telling you. Where was we at? Let's say 26 verse. Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know the Spirit prays. We all, the Spirit himself, makes intercession for us with the groaning which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now look right there. Mind, will, and emotions. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he who makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There's the mind and the will once again. Praise the Lord. You know, there's times in the Bible, it's so good to hear from God now and to get a word from God and, and, and uh, leading and guiding. There's times in the Bible... Only one person heard from God and everybody else is dependent on Him to tell them what He said. There's times in the Bible where nobody heard from God for 400 years. To our knowledge, it's not recorded. Quiet. Nothing. Silent. That'd be terrible. Thank the Lord we're not living in that time. We're living in a great time, aren't we? That's why uh, Peter, um, he says here in Acts, he says, but this is what was uh, uh, spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. It's been poured out on us. It's been given to us. His Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's a gift. It's on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. And he says, Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now how in the world would they prophesy if you didn't hear from God? How would you, how would you prophesy? How would you know what to say? He says, Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So you know what this tells me, Daryl? What this tells me is you're dreaming dreams and I'm seeing visions. <laughs> That's what he said Wednesday night. He said he was dreaming dreams and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing visions. Yeah. Anyway, bad joke. But How would we know what to prophesy? So here's one thing I wanted to say to you. We can hear God together, um, but not for each other. In other words, you shouldn't count on me to hear God for you. Now, I'm not counting on you to hear God for me. Now, we can corporately hear God together, but you can hear God yourself. And that doesn't mean you couldn't think, you know, am I hearing God correctly? You know, Pastor Red, or you could go to Daryl or Mark or whoever it is and say, hey, you know, I, I really feel like the Lord's telling me this, but I, I've been just a little nervous. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll take what the Word of God says and we'll take what you think you heard. We'll put them side by side. We'll see if those things line up. Because if they don't, we'll just wad that up and toss that because that wasn't from the Lord. Amen. So in other words, there is some godly counsel, but I can't hear God for you regardless. I can't hear God for you. If you think, I think the Lord told me to divorce you, I'm not getting involved in that one. Leave me out. Scratch that. Go ask somebody else. I wouldn't ask nobody that at all. I'm just saying there's some things you need to stay out of, that being one of them. 
But there is godly counsel. Let me put it to you like this. Somebody's got a, if you think you heard from the Lord, let's just say an individual comes up to you and shares a word with you. Well, it, it shouldn't be like this. You know, you barely got out of high school because you can't add two plus two. You know, you're not good at math at all. You're really bad at math. But now you've made a career um, cutting hair, and you're a hairdresser, and you've got a successful business. You can add up a $20 perm, though, can't you? Or whatever they cost. <laughs> and then you go to church, and the guy goes, the word from God is you're going to be a mathematician. Well, I'm going to say you're probably not. You can't even hardly add. You barely got out of school, and you got a business as a hairdresser over here. So you could probably, you know, a lot of people just like to go fishing, and you just keep on giving enough words, you, you're going to get one right eventually, right? But here's what usually happens is something's stirring on the inside of you. You have this feeling like, I think I need to adopt a kid. Like, I just feel like I need to adopt a kid. Like, I'm feeling something on the inside of me really strong that I need to adopt a kid. And then someone comes up to you and has a word for you, and it's something along the lines of, the Lord is telling me to tell you, you need to adopt a kid. No, we're just going to line up. It's not going to be foreign. And it's, does that make sense to you? Amen. Praise the Lord. And anybody has a word for you, you know, a lot of times you just put it on the shelf. I don't mean you throw it away. You just put it on the shelf. He may speak something to you again to confirm that word. Um, but I've thrown a whole lot of them away. I've got some crazy words given to me. I had a word given to me out in this parking lot once. It said, tough times are coming your way. I'm like, well, that'll apply to everybody here. <laughs> but God hadn't forgot you. Well, I know that's what the word says. But anyway, that wasn't a word from God. That was a word from somebody that felt like they needed to give me another word for the hundredth time. But praise the Lord, moving on. So the Holy Spirit has mind, will, and emotions. We've covered mind and the will here. So the Holy Spirit has emotions. I want you to see here in Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse. Let's read this for a moment. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. You see all those there? Those are all characteristics of what? A person, not a tree. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control, against such there is no law. Those are all characteristics of a person. Now, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, in the 30th verse. It says, We do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I don't want to grieve Him. Do you want to grieve Him? I certainly don't want to grieve Him. So if we don't want to grieve Him, I would think we need to know what's going to grieve Him. Praise the Lord. So let's back up to the 25th verse there in Ephesians. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. 
but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now we're back to the 30th verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So we can sum it up real with all that. What grieves the Holy Spirit? Sin. Because all those things are sin. The, our characteristics uh, should be the ones we read there in Galatians. Love, peace, and joy, and long-suffering. All those things we just listed there are sin. So what's going to grieve the Holy Spirit? Sin. It can be summed up as sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. So it's like this. If you, if, as a parent, if you see your child going down the wrong path, I talked to a man just the other day. He's a God-fearing man. He's a, one of the greatest men I know. He's a good man. He said his son has chose, I don't believe in God, I don't think I really believe in God anymore, and I don't want anything to do with it, and he don't go to church, don't talk to me about it. His heart is, is hurting. He's hurting. But that kid has been, has been raised in the Word of God, and let me tell you, he's going to come back to it. But in the meantime, Dad's heart's hurting, no different than mine would be or you as a parent would be, or even if you see your kid going down a path of drugs or alcohol or different things of that nature, it hurts. It would hurt. You don't want to see it. Well, if they're going down a path of just reckless spending, they're not on drugs, they're not on alcohol, they got a great education, but they're just swapping that credit card and they just run it. You know what's going to happen. It's going to hurt your heart. You don't want them to do that because they're going to be paying on that for a lot of years to come. That grieves you. As a parent... It grieves you when you see your kids on the wrong path. The Holy Spirit, when He sees you and I, us, on the wrong path, it grieves Him. No different. Because He wants intimacy with you. And grief is the sadness that you feel when you lose intimacy. In other words, you've got somebody you're intimate with, you're close with a good friend, your spouse, somebody, and you lose them. And they go to heaven. They're born again. You're born again. You know you're going to see them again one day. You have hope in that. And that gives you some peace. I'm going to see them again. This is not the end. I read the book. We win. I'm going to see them again. But until then, you're still grieving. Why? Because you've lost the intimacy with them. When the Holy Spirit sees you going down the wrong path, you're born again. He knows He's going to see you again, so to speak. But He's grieving because now He's lost intimacy with you because you've chosen a different path. You've chosen to stay on that path we were talking about, the one everybody takes, that crowded highway. It, 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 it saddens me to think about making choices that grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. And then we just ignore it and do what we want anyway. And He tries to warn you. He tries to help you. Like I said, sometimes we stiff arm Him. He sets up detours and roadblocks and we just go around and just keep on going. We're going to do what we want to do. At the end of the day, you'll do what you want to do. You'll either yield to the voice of the Lord or you'll yield to your own fleshly desires. 
And I can tell you where that desire is coming from. Y'all wake out there? I think we're getting out before 12 today. Somebody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Got jokes. Jokes. Real funny. That maybe not. I mean the fall festival don't start till five. about um, Catherine come up and play a little bit on the keyboard for us or you know what whoever is going to play if the whole, um, get ready to sing something how about that just a little, just a little something Anna is out of town Yeah, you, that, that, that Catherine, that's your, No, I'm serious. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I'll play some. In John, the 16th chapter, let me read this to you. Let's look at this. And I know they're moving around, but listen, pay attention. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to you, your advantage, that I go away. This is Jesus. For I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. When Jesus was here, he, he's, he's here. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit in one. The disciples, the rest of humanity is here. They're separate. I'm listening to Jesus. I'm following Jesus. And now he says, I'm going away. And I'm going to send the helper, the spirit, who is actually going to be in you. Not separate. The veil is going to be torn. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. To lead you and guide you every step of the way. To hold your hand. To pick you up when you fall down. Praise the Lord. He says, I'll send him to you. And when he has come... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now many times we say, oh, the Lord's convicted me. Oh, the conviction. I'm convicted when you get over into sin, areas of sin. Now he says, when he's come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. That's talking about the world. Do you believe in him? Are you of the world? No, you're not of the world. You're a born-again believer. He's not convicting you of your sin. Hang on. I know that's contra, contra, you've heard different. But he says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and see Him no more, and of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, but we're not the ruler of this world. Here we are right here, of righteousness. In other words, when we go down the wrong path, and we make a mistake, we get over into sin, He's not convicting you of your sin. He's actually convicting you of your righteousness. 
Because you're not who you used to be. You're not a sinner, so why do you continue to go down that same path, that same road you've been on the past 20, 30 years, the same one I've got you off of before? Why do you find yourself back on it? I'm convicting you of your righteousness because you're not unrighteous. You're not a sinner, but you are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. So the righteous, the upright, there's a different path for you. Praise the Lord. That's the conviction. When you feel this conviction, when you get over into sin, He's convicting you. He's reminding you, hey, ho, ho, ho. You're not who you used to be. You're a new creation. That, that, that path right there, that's for the old creation. When you get on the computer and you're looking at things you ought not to, and there's a conviction, it's a conviction because a righteous man, a righteous woman ought not be looking at those things. When you say something that comes out of your mouth and you leave and think, Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. There's a conviction. Because a righteous man and a righteous woman don't talk like that. We could go on with the list for a mile long, but do you understand me? The Holy Spirit's come to convict you and I of righteousness. Convict the world of sin. In other words, if you're not a believer, He'll convict you of your sin because you know what? You need a Redeemer and His name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. You can't do it without Him. Just like we started off this morning talking about that road and that path, I want to end with this. When you when you're on the wrong path, it's a path of bondage. You're bound. And every path has a destination, I'll tell you that. Every path you choose in this life has a destination. It's not a happenstance. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just a party. It's not just a gathering. It is a path, and that path absolutely has a destination. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about a new path, getting off the old path, getting out of the rut, and getting on a new path and starting a new journey, the one where the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you. And you can be set free just like that and begin a new journey. But it is a journey. It is a path that leads to freedom. Just like the path maybe that you've been on has led to bondage and led to a world of hurt. Let me tell you, there's a new path that can lead to freedom. And it's a journey. And we want to walk it out with you. But let me, regardless of whether we want to walk it out with you, the Holy Spirit is going to walk it out with you. You'll never be left. He says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's a person who wants a relationship with you. He has a mind, will, and emotions. He knows all things. He knows God's will for your life. And he is grieved when he sees his children making bad decisions. Amen. Right there where you're sitting. We'll do it this way. The two opportunities this morning.